Father God, I thank you that you want us to be with you. God, even this morning we sang how you made a way for us. You sang how we want to be with you. So this morning, God, just help me to bring your message and help all of us to open our hearts to your message. And just work through us, God. And Holy Spirit, be so welcome here to speak to each individual the way you need to speak to them to reach their hearts. Amen. Awesome. So for those of you who don't know me, I am Martinez. I've been dressed by LaSalle. <laughs> My cousin was like Charlie Sheen wants his shirt back. Anyways. So this holiday, I actually hurt my back again. So, uh, again, yes. So I was in bed a few days, just got out, hurt my back again. My wife loves to believe it was because I tried to ollie on the skateboard. I was very impressed. I actually landed it. The kids were like, whoa, dad. So um, maybe not the wisest thing to do after your back starts telling you, hey, spasm is coming spasm is coming because <laughs> i had that warning for like two days in a row and i told her oh something's not right and then as i did that ollie epic ollie <laughs> boom bye-bye back so i was in a bed for a few days and there's like a praying mantis next to you how <laughs> random is that okay so um as i was in bed obviously you you want to do it just conservatively just rest your back uh, anybody over 35 maybe knows what I'm talking about. And so I was laying there, and then after a while you get bored, and I tried to understand why, what's going on with my back. So first I look at all the exercises I can do to help my back and to get rid of a pain. But later I'm like, you get in such a thing like, how did it end up like this? So then you start doubting even how should I sit as a human being? I mean, I don't even know anymore. So the more videos I watched, the more I realized that I had some core muscles which I was not using. Because I'm a software developer, we do this, okay? And then certain muscles just stop working. And because of that, your brain actually stops telling those muscles to try and work. So it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then what will happen is your other muscle groups will try and overcompensate for that. And that's why your back does, uh-uh, had enough. And the thing is, with watching those videos, you won't believe me, but even if you watch 10, your back doesn't feel better. You have to actually start doing these exercises and not get intimidated by those six-pack men trying to show you how to do them, you know? So, but for me, I realized in our spirituality, we have the same thing. One of the core muscles, I believe, is intimacy with God. And I think we often overcompensate with other muscle groups, like being nice to people at church. Don't stop doing that. <laughs> but that's not the muscle for intimacy. Or doing good things, having good fruit. Great stuff, but that's not that muscle. And if you're not going to stop, I tell you, your back spasm is coming. Your spiritual back spasm. Let me just get where I'm here. Okay. So for the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about ask God anything or sit on the Father's lap or where's Rensu, like where to keep your focus. And um, I was going, okay, but how? I'm a very practical guy, sometimes a bit over-analytical. 
and I would go like, okay, but how do we do this? So um, what we decided is to do a bit of a different thing today, to just shake things up and hopefully it's going to help you guys. So if the guys who are asked to come and help today, there's chairs, maybe move it a bit closer. So we're going to have a bit of a forum situation here where I'm not going to prescribe to you how to spend time with God. We're going to describe how we spend time with God. And hopefully something in that would resonate in you and you can go, oh, I've never thought of that. Or, okay, I've tried that, but this looks better. So, um, what? yes, so if those guys can come forward. So, um, while we're sharing this, first of all, I don't want you to go and compare yourself to whatever's being said here. It's between you and God. You've got your own personal relationship with God that you have to walk out. So don't compare your six-pack to their six-packs and go, oh, I'm better, I've got eight, or I've got one big one. Just listen and hear what they have to say and trust God. Because as I was preparing and listening to different people saying different stuff, I got excited. And even my morning um, situations with God started changing a bit just to mix it up. So I've got faith that you guys will also get excitement. Um, that's me. So I'm going to start asking questions. So obviously you can see there's four people. So um, we've got only X amount of time because of sun and stuff. So I'm going to not always ask all of them all the questions. I'll try and ask the right people. If you have more questions, please afterwards speak to your comm leaders. Come and speak to any of the leaders and let's try and figure things out. Okay, so I like watching YouTube sometimes while I work on certain things because some of my work is quite mundane and um, <laughs> then it's actually good to, it at least feels like you're in the office still, right? So I watch people telling about how's my day today at the office. So the YouTube guys, the Google guys, they like to really make it seem amazing. And I can tell you, it looks amazing because they don't do any work till five and then they have to work after hours. So today I want to ask just all of them, maybe how does your day-to-day -day look with God um, as you spend time with Him and try and keep it to about less than two minutes. <laughs> Thank you, Lissel. <laughs> um, yeah, so my day-to-day, -day, I'm a morning person and I thank God for that that I wake up, I can wake, wake up quite early in the morning. So, um, yeah, normally I try to get up, um, yeah, between five and six o'clock in the morning. And then that's normally my time that I spend with God. So then, um, yeah, I will always go and I will start praying and then, yeah, I will start seeking God and I will dive into the word. Um, I will pray and ask God to lead me into something. And then when I find something, I will always try to then, um, yeah, see what God wants to do in that, in that scripture and, and, and that type of stuff, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, I'm not a morning person. I'm very much an evening person. As I can go easily until one, I'm still fine, but I, I can't wake up early. Um, so, yeah, for me, when I wake up in the mornings, I'm usually still in bed, and I just quickly do a quick devotion on that on the Bible app that's uh, that give you a verse of the day, a quick devotion thingy with that, just to kind of put my attention on the Lord, just kind of wake up with this word, uh, this thing in my heart of good morning, Father, good morning, God. 
and and that's kind of the first thing before I check my phone for WhatsApps or whatever. That's the first place where I put my attention. Then throughout the day, somewhere, um, if I go for a walk somewhere or whatever, I would typically put on the audio Bible. I'm busy with uh, going through the Bible in a year. It's about five chapters that you need to read. So I usually listen to that through an audio Bible. And then if there are things that stand out, I would just make notes. And then that would typically be, typically be the things that I delve in deeper for Bible study or just uh, memorize some things or memorize some scriptures. And then in the evening, that's usually when I have my close, intimate times with the Lord. So after Jess and Luca, after they're in bed and sleeping, um, then I would uh, sit at the piano sometimes, just worship a bit. Um, but usually I would then spend about 15 to 30 minutes of just praying, just on my knees, just uh, submitting the day that just passed um, to the Lord, asking Him for wisdom um, in situations, praying for people, interceding for people, and then asking for wisdom for the next day. So that's kind of my normal routine, and yeah, I, that that works for me. I'm a housewife, <laughs> so I do the cleaning, the mopping, the food making. I've got chickens too, so we farm as well. So I wake I wake up. I'm not a morning person, so Denton actually brings me my coffee in the morning. But with the new school run and everything. God fits into the chaos that is my life. So basically between putting the laundry in, getting the dishes sorted, preparing lunch for the boys when they come home, that's where the sweet spot is. That's about like 10 o'clock. <laughs> so that's where you'll find me in the garden. I'll be potting. I'll be pruning. So God talks to me a lot through um, gardening parables. So my sweet spot is in the garden with God and Kai potting around too, along with some chickens. So yeah, I'm there in the chaos, and that's where God is. Um. Yeah, I think I'm going to tell you just two things that I don't do. Maybe it will help you and then practically what my times with the Lord look like. So the first thing that I try not to do is I try when I have times with the Lord not to have a preconceived idea of what it's going to look like. Um, there's a scripture that says uh, the, the wind blows wherever it pleases. We can hear the sound of it, but we don't know where it's coming or where it's going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Um, and so I really try to find the spirit in my morning times with the Lord. And um, sometimes I think, you know, in a marriage, I can sit with Martinez and we can have a date night and I can go, okay, so I'm going to spend 20 minutes with him and then we're going to laugh for five minutes and then we're going to look into each other's eyes and have a romantic evening. But sometimes there needs to be an unpredictability, I think, in our walk with the Lord. And that's something that he's taught me is to not come with my preconceived idea how it's going to look like, but to just go, God, I'm coming to you. I want to spend time with you. And the second thing I don't do is I try not to come with what's in it for me. What is in this for me? I want to get my goosebump. I want to get my little moment with the Lord. Um, yes, he is lavish. Yes, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But sometimes I feel like God wants us to come for his face and not for his hand. Um, and so he does reward. And so practically, um, what it looks like for me is um, some mornings I will put on worship and I'll just, I won't even pray, I won't even worship. I'll just sit quietly still and try to focus my thoughts on him. And then I'll say, oh God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want me to do? And sometimes I will worship. I won't read Bible. Sometimes I'll read one scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean for me? He's a shepherd. What is the characteristics of a shepherd? What is, he's my shepherd. And I'll write down, sometimes I will pray. Sometimes I will, so I try to find where the spirit is going because that's the place where you're going to find life. Awesome. So I hope even just in the intro, you can already hear God works in different ways. And I've seen in my life, sometimes my default is to get more knowledge. So when I do that, I'm like, ah, I'm currently at a place where God asked me to just sit with him. And whatever flows, sometimes 
it is reading scripture, sometimes not, but that's where God wants me currently. So I want you guys to not feel like, ah, but I do it this way, ah, I do it. Do where God takes you. That's the most important. So as you guys spend time with God, surely there's been some amazing fruit afterwards, or you've got some inspiring stories to get all of us to spend more time with God. So I think for this one, I'll just ask Stewie and LaSalle, just for time reasons. Yeah, yes, see, that is so amazing because God is so faithful. Eh? Um, I've seen the fruit of not spending time with Him, and it's really that. It, I mean, if you, Andrew once said, um, it's very simple. He said, if you spend more time, the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you become like, like, like Him. The less time you spend with Him, the more the world takes over, and the less you want to spend time with Him. So at a stage, me and my wife, we, we really had a difficulty, or we, we, we weren't. We, we were overburdened, we had our kids and we were just tired and much. But there was this yearning inside of us all the time that I, I told my wife and she also told me that they, we, we can't go on like this. So we started praying and we started asking God, Lord, your word says, if I don't have a desire in me to spend more time with you, and your word says, if I pray... You will put that desire in my heart. Everything starts with prayer. I really believe it. If we don't, if we're lacking something, ask, and God will do it. If we have faith, we push in, we push in, we push in, and it, we did. And that stirred something in us. It made my eyes open up, and I thought, oh, well, that's amazing. Because the more I pray, the the more that that desire was was uh, birthed in me, and the more we wanted to spend time with God. And I saw my wife flourish in God, and me as well. And it just, it it's just amazing. It's 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 unbelievable and the thing is i want to want to really encourage you guys the more time you spend with him the more you push in the more you're going to want to spend time with him and that's an amazing fruit to have yeah so i think for me the fruit that i didn't have was being comfortable to be vulnerable so i think my story is actually similar to the one that shared a little bit earlier Years ago, if someone asked me, what is your biggest fear? I would say, I have no fears. <laughs> but actually, I think my biggest fear was showing weakness and vulnerability. And um, a few years ago, I got a prophetic word that, um, that someone spoke over my life. And he said, God is going to take you through a wilderness season. It's going to be a desert period. And he's going to deal with this issue of vulnerability once and for all. And so because weakness was a, was a strange thing, it was an uncomfortable thing for me, feeling weak, although Paul says, ah, oh, delight in weakness, so the Christ palm arrested me. I'm like, oh, that sounds lovely, but it's so like nervous for me, nerve-wracking for me. I found that when I spent time with Jesus, it was in that desert season, it was in that place of feeling incredibly weak, incredibly low, feeling like, actually, God, I really need you. I think the fruit that came out of that place was a greater dependency on him, and I think a greater vulnerability with people around me. Yeah, I love it. I love how, yeah, just how these things work out. And I remember even the Sal told me a story when she was 16 and the girls asked her, what can we pray for you? She was like, no, nothing. I'll pray for you. So yeah, God's come a long way. <laughs> so as you spend time with God, I know I find it where you get to a place, it feels like this brick wall or the ceiling, people call it, like a blockage or struggle to overcome. Um, yeah, how do you experience this? How do you overcome it? I'll ask Rensu and Stewie. Um, yeah, so I think uh, obviously what you try to do in that moment when you feel like you're getting a ceiling is analyze what went wrong, what's what's wrong with me, what's like what's the situation. And 
Um, I mean, like sometimes there is maybe sin that the Lord wants to deal with. And in that space, it's actually realizing that you should run to him, run to the throne of mercy to receive the grace that you need um, instead of shying away from him when you're actually feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm dirty now, I can't come to you. You cleanse yourself in his presence. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, the, I maybe want to share a story. And I, it was, uh, I know what the questions are, but there's a, it's more for a later question. Um, one of the one of the things that was was quite a, a interesting journey for me was um, I was in in full time ministry for about two years. That's not a few years ago, and um, I was traveling around as part of a worship ministry, and it was a very prophetic, like experience God's presence type of worship ministry. And the crazy thing to me is everywhere we would go, it would be clear that God's presence would break out, and that people would be experiencing Him. They would be seeing His face. They would be on their faces. It's like, oh, this is amazing. He's here. His glory is here. And I would be there and just like. I'm not feeling anything. It's just like dead. There's nothing. Um, and I, I was struggling with the Lord with this. I was just like, okay, well, Lord, what's going on here? Like, why am I not breaking through the ceiling, as, as you would say? And what I felt the Lord was speaking to me, because I, he luckily, I'm so grateful that he didn't take his voice away from me. I still heard his voice and his, his um, heart like speaking towards me, but I just didn't experience anything. I didn't feel a goosebump. I didn't feel the presence, as you would say. And uh, the thing that the Lord said for me in that time was he said he's taking me through a season of growing my faith um, and that I would not rely on him to give me that goosebump to know that he's there and that he's real. Um, so when you feel like you're hitting the ceiling, just keep showing up. Just keep uh, pursuing him. Uh, sometimes I feel like the Lord deliberately eyes his face from us yeah. so that we would actually seek him more. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just that, that for me what helps is just keep keeps uh, showing up keep being faithful in, in going to him and then as he get, leads us through these seasons there are the moments of of refreshing water and glory that we enter into again um if we remain patiently enduring through those times yeah i want to second what uh, Renzo says i think you know in the bible it says there is seasons that, that god takes us through there's mountaintop seasons there's valley seasons there's seasons where we go into into deserts and stuff where we don't experience him but there's a reason for it um, God also wants to teach us. He wants to thicken our skin. He wants to really actually see sometimes what's in our heart. Do we just run after the goosebumps or do we stand on his word? Because that's important because we are emotional beings. I mean, we all have emotions, ups and downs. We're happy, we're sad, we cry and all that type of stuff. But Christianity is not based on our emotions. It's based on the word of God. And we have to learn to stand on the word of God. If God says he will never leave you and he will never, ever forsake you, then we can stand on that word. Whether we feel him or not, he is faithful. And that is proclaiming those things over our lives, I think, is very, very important that we keep those promises. Yeah, it's so good to know the season you're in. Sometimes you're going to be in a happy, easy season. Know that the hectic season is coming. But then know that the easy seasons are coming. Okay. So uh, for me, it's all, when, when I was preparing, I was thinking of Jesus praying, Our Father. And even just those two words already shows, look at his character, who he is, and realize who you are in him. So, um, yes, yeah, so sometimes we don't spend time with God. And then there's a ripple because of that. So as you have not spent time with God, what was a bad thing you've seen and how did it change you or maybe your time with God. So I'll ask LaSalle and Stuart. I think without the Lord, we all have our defaults. <laughs> and I think without the Lord, I am extremely independent and selfish. <laughs> so, so that was one of the bad fruit that I can definitely say. If I don't spend time with the Lord, 
you know, I become independent and I want to do things in my own strength. And the funny thing is sometimes doing things in our own strength and doing things through the Spirit, it can look the same to other people. But the, the Bible says in John 15, it says, abide in me and you will bear fruit that lasts. So we obviously want lasting fruit. And I've seen in my own life, sometimes there's fruit, but really if I have to stand in front of Jesus one day, is it going to be lasting fruit? Is it going to be fruit that he's going to be pleased with? Or was it born out of self and selfish ambition and my own strength and my own depend independence? Or was it born out of a place of intimacy with him? So, yeah, very bad fruit without Jesus, me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, uh, uh, you know, the flesh in us versus the spirit in, in Galatians, it, spoke, it speaks about the, the fruit of the, or the, the evidence of the, of the flesh, if, if we are just walking in the flesh, and the evidence of the fruit. Of the of the spirit, the fruit of that, and it's just it's evident. So, for me, I've just seen I'm definitely not a good person when I'm outside of Christ and when I'm not spending enough time with Him. The more time I spend with Him, the more I become like Him. And it's just you can ask my wife. I'm just I've got a lot of battles I'm fighting. Oh, a lot of battles. There's a lot of bad still in me <laughs> that God still needs to do. But that's the amazing thing. The only good thing in us is Jesus. So uh, if we don't spend time with Him, His Spirit doesn't work in us and show us as our faults, then yeah, the fruit is just, it's just horrible. <laughs> so just a tip I was thinking of now, I've got a friend in Durbanville who um, said when they just got married, they were newly saved. Whenever he saw his wife not showing Jesus, <laughs> he would go, you need to go pray. You need to go read the Bible. <laughs> Don't do that. Rather pray for her, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um when the going gets tough life happens maybe god throws kids in the mix there how do you how do you stay motivated to prioritize god i'm gonna ask luray and renzi <laughs> just keep planting just keep planting <laughs> um i think it's including them it's not having not having time for God when you have kids is like the biggest cop-out ever because it's like having a relationship. If you don't speak to someone, if you have this person that's on your block and you pass them every day and every day you say, hi, that eventually gravitates to, oh, you look so beautiful, gravitates to like, oh my word, you got kids? That's how you build a relationship. It's a daily interaction. But if you have a person on your block that you see maybe once a month, he's a stranger. So that's how I equate my relationship with God is, it's a relationship. It's a genuine relationship. And it's allowing my boys to see that interaction with God. It's me driving them somewhere and there I start talking in tongues. Levi's like, oh, you're talking to Jesus again, mommy. I'm like, yes, I am. Before you know, Kai's in the back seat and he's busy, blah, 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 blah. Like, asshole. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen the day when someone pulls up next to us and we all just blah, 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 with our window open because it's so hot. But hey, when it's time with God, you go into your zone. So it's it's very cool to having um my my faith has now become something like you look through it through your kids' perspective like Levi saying, but why do you talk to Jesus in that weird why do you talk to Jesus in the special language I'm like that is the coolest thing about having a kid is that you can actually break down this complex thing that we've been been built up all our lives that you break it down to a child level and you know what it actually breaks it through for us too because you start thinking like a little person again and that is all that we are we're a, we're like a little person to God and we always will be that. And 
also the structure that I was always so intimidated by these these leaders and these elders and stuff. But the moment you realize that they're all human and humility comes upon us all, that's where God wants us. So my humility place is literally with my hands in the dirt, talking to God. So yeah, that's my day-to-day thing. It's like the boys seeing the plants growing and it's it's, it's a spiritual and it's a metaphorical thing. And yeah, life is around us and it's in everything god is in every every fabric of it so god is in the chaos so having kids and having a relationship with god it's all one thing yeah so that was very good (laughs) um i'm gonna try to add some thoughts in between so the the reality that i I just want to communicate as this is obvious but you almost feel justified in saying, I'm too tired now, I'm too busy now, it's, it's just like overwhelming or whatever, I can't spend time with God now. It's like, surely Jesus understands I'm tired, like I can go to sleep now. Um, and and the, I've said it before, but the first thing was that the Lord really just impressed us on my heart so deeply that it's, I think it's probably going to stick with you for the rest of my life. It's just, just show up, <laughs> like just go to your prayer place which you have designated and it helps to have a place. And then just spend a minute, 10 seconds with the Lord. It's usually going to be longer than that, but just be deliberate in that. I found actually discipline helps with that. But then the second thing is um, it helps to redeem those moments, as she was saying, like with the kids. So for example, I sing a lullaby for Luca when I need to put him to sleep. And the lullaby that I most commonly sing is Jesus loves you, this I know. So then when I'm singing it, instead of just singing lullabies that you fall asleep and I can have my life back, um, it is, a, it is a, a form of worship. I'm actually worshiping Jesus in that moment and then the benefit is he falls asleep. <laughs> so, so it's it's redeeming it's a, the ben, it's a redeeming those times, and then just a more practical thing that I've also found is uh, when like I, I know Carla said this one of the things that take people out of the game the most is having kids, and I, I definitely understand that after having the first one, the second one is on its way. Um, and what I just determined to my heart is that I'm not going to disappear. I'm going to keep involved, be staying involved in the church life. I'm going to keep going to community. I'm going to keep being involved with the worship team, even though I'm feeling. It's tired and like I'm not feeling this for this now. Just the the being there, being amongst other, being amongst family, um, their fires stir your fire so that you actually stay healthy in that space. So don't remove yourself when you get busy. Don't say like I'm too busy. I have to write a test tomorrow. Whatever. You're actually stealing from life or whatever. Be at community. Shift things around if it needs to. And I can understand we all have graceful situations, but don't remove yourself. Stay involved. As I speak, every time I'm like, ah, I want to say something on that. But now I completely forgot. But that was great. (laughs) So um, as you spend time with God, sometimes things become a bit stale. Okay? So how do you push through? How do you spice things up with your relationship with God? I'm going to ask LaSalle and Luray. Yeah, so if, if I think about God, I think it's obviously, it's a living relationship. We are not doing any of this out of religious duty, or hopefully we shouldn't. It's because we've met him, we've encountered him, and because he first loved us, we love him back. And so um, sometimes I think our relationship with the Lord can become stale. And with my own life, I've seen when it has become stale, have I actually continued to follow the Spirit? Or have I actually started doing things out of my own strength or out of duty, rather? And yes, there are times where we have to go, we beat our bodies into submission. I don't feel anything. I love you, Lord. I'm going to show up like Renzi said. But I love that scripture in Revelation where um, 
where um, God is speaking to the different churches. And he's saying to this one church, he says, you are doing so well in this and this and this and this area, but you have forsaken your first love. Go and do the things you did at first. And if I think about my relationship with Martinez, we've been married now for 15 years. Everyone will know in the beginning, it's like, oh, little notes and hearts and flowers. And he still does that, by the way. But sometimes it can get to a place, even in a marriage, where you have to work a little bit harder um, and go, actually, let's do the things we did at first. Jesus, I'm just going to look into your face. I'm just going to sit with you. I'm just going to show up, not to get or to gain, but to stare into your eyes and to come back to that place where I fall in love with you. And one of the ways I do that is by Thanksgiving. Because I feel sometimes when life is tough and things are stale and things are hard, I say, Jesus, thank you for life. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for, and all of a sudden, I feel connected with the Lord again because the, the Bible says we come, we enter his courts with thanksgiving. So sometimes when we feel a little bit far off and it feels stale, we can come boldly because of him, of what he's done. Um, and thanksgiving is one of the ways that brings me closer to Jesus. I would say cross-pollination. When you start feeling stale, surround yourself with other people of the church. Cross-pollination is key. I mean, when I start feeling like, oh, but great, I don't feel like serving or doing anything. I'm like, let's see who wants to come for tea. And then they come for tea and you end up listening to their life and hearing their life. And in that, God speaks to them. And in that, it, it charges you. And in listening, you that person also becomes like your signing board. And before you know it, both of you have left the tea table and you've both had a revelation and you're both like so amped for Jesus again. So I believe God's currency is people where none of us can do it on our own. None of us. And I, and I get the whole like sit by yourself with Jesus, have your time. But Jesus needs us to stand together to be stronger. So when you find yourself in your gray hole and you see the clouds coming, grab a person and pull it in so they can make the clouds disappear. So yes, I'm a firm believer in cross-pollination. <laughs> I like it. See, that's why we've got different people up here, right? <laughs> so um, the next question I'm going to ask all of you, because I believe all of us get there, especially in a church where we believe you can taste and see that the Lord is good but the reality is you don't always hear him you don't always feel him you don't always experience him the way you think it should happen so I want to ask each one of them how does it concern you and what do you do when this happens I'm going to be dead honest with you it doesn't concern me <laughs> in any way. I really am not concerned if I don't get a goosebump from the Lord because what is love 1 Corinthians 13 love is patient love is kind love is so it's giving. Love is actually giving. So when I, my focus, when I, my times with the Lord is not God, what are you going to give me? My focus is, is Jesus. How can I make your heart full? How can I, how can I bless you? Because sometimes I can walk away with the times with the Lord and feel nothing and feel zero connection. But maybe God did. Maybe he delighted in me. Maybe he was like, oh, I love your heart. I love the fact that you came to sit by my feet and spend time with me. And so I'm not really faced um, <laughs> by these things. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe it will help you also in your times with the Lord when you do struggle to just go, God, I'm here for you and not the other way around. And he does, he's so lavish. He does bless us for so much of himself. Um, but yeah, my focus is a little bit more, Jesus, I'm here for you rather than the other way around. Yeah, I also want to second that. It's, it's, uh, I've been serving God now for 10, 
12 years now and I've also learned out of experience that it's not about the goosebump it's not about running after an experience it's about getting to know the God in the Bible that says like I said just now that is you will always be there and I think God sometimes does that well not the think I know he does that that he will purposely not reveal himself to us or in uh, in emotion or something because he wants us to stand on the word so I'm going to get back to that thing again. It's just for me, you know, at the end of the day, I was thinking about this question. I thought, what is going to be the politically correct answer to give? And it's not about a politically correct answer. It's about the truth. It's about saying, as you know, the, the way it is. It's um, God wants us to come to him. He wants us to sit at his feet. He wants us to trust him regardless of whether we can see him. You know, if we can see every time and when he, when he gives us a goosebump, we don't need to have faith. God wants us to have faith in all seasons, good, bad, up and down, everything he wants us to have faith. So I hope that encourages you guys. Yeah, so the scripture that comes to mind is just that uh, one of Thomas again, where he um, didn't see Jesus after he was resurrected. And then he said, no, I, I don't believe until I actually would see him. And then Jesus was merciful and gracious and he did appear to Thomas so that he could see him and then he believed. But then Jesus said these words, he said, blessed are those who don't see and yet believe. And it's the same thing. Blessed are those who don't have the goosebumps, that don't experience the Lord, that don't have these feelings of, I mean, God's presence, and yet believe. And I think that is the, the thing that we need to realize. It's not about these things. This is like, if, if there was never any promise of any experience of the Lord, would you still follow him? Would you still seek him? Because he was the one that saved you. Um, so being with him and giving yourself to him is, is a form of worship, but it's, it's something that is, is worthy of that. So he deserves that. Um, but then also just on a more personal thing, there is this reality of seek and keep on seeking and um, knock and keep on knocking. It's not just a, um, you knock once and then all of heaven opens up. It is a, it's, there is a deliberateness and a persistence in the seeking. Um, and, and I think uh, the, the expectation that is sometimes created is when people share stories, they would obviously share of their experience with the Lord. And the expectation is that that happens every single time. And that's not the truth. Like the, you don't every single time when you meet with the Lord, you experience Him in a tangible sense. It is more the isolated cases which are amazing, and the heavens open up, and there's something that breaks through. But a lot of it is actually just the groundwork, just being done on your knees, just praying, just seeking, just worshiping, and uh, yeah, just doing it because He's worthy. Just be, because He has given His life for us, we give it our lives back to Him. Um, I think it comes down to relationship again because when you're intimate with someone and they know you they understand how you think and understand how your heart works after a while so an intimate relationship my relationship with God is so intimate it because I he speaks to me through plant parables and gardening parables and weeding and pruning and it's because of the time I've spent with him that he can talk to me through those parables it's like Peter and the fishes I mean God knew that he was a fisherman and he could understand what he was trying to say through the fishing parables. I mean, I think each one of us, if we give ourselves to God in a personal capacity where humility becomes the actual basis of our relationship, God will find that intimate, beautiful way of talking to you specifically. I mean, as you can see, this panel consists of such different personalities and each one of us receives God in different ways. And I am super dyslexic. I can, reading for me is like a form of torture. But for me, a form of like amazingness is when my husband reads like classical books to me. For me, that is beautiful. So I do not want to read the Bible. But if he sits and he reads the parable stories to me, that for me just like opens it up. It's like amazing. I'm a practical person. So when I spend time with God, it's with my hands. It's actually creating something in the process of him getting to know me. So 
every one of us has a different way that we made up. But it's revealing that to God. And he can unravel that and speak to you in your specific, special kind of way. I mean, like, if you're an engineer, he's going to speak to you with, like, buildings and mathematical structures and numbers. And, I mean, Kala sees numbers and he gets excited. I'm like, okay. But it's, again, vulnerability, relationship, and through that he can pursue you like he would um, a lover. So, yeah. Yeah, I like how um, Renzo said these experiences are not always. It's almost like the Instagram of Christianity. Like we all post our, this is what I experience in God. And you sitting there getting all stressed because your stream doesn't look like this <laughs> when you spend time with God. So I wanted to ask this question because I think it's important for us to know this and to keep going for God because you have those moments, but that's not the main aim. So yeah, thanks for that honest answer. So um I wanted to ask a question on creativity, because um, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I just wanted to ask this question, because sometimes you need to become a bit more creative with God, okay? So I thought to first ask Stewart and then Luray, because it will just make sense. Yeah, that works, but there's a story I actually want to tell. It's actually Liesl and, and um, Hink. Um, uh, for, those that, for those that know her, when I was still in Basil's community, um, and yes, it struck me so amazingly. She said what she used to do is she would make a date with God. She would say, Lord, I, I write it down in my diary. I would go to this place at that time uh, to meet with you. And it was so, for me, it was just so, what? And when she testified at it about it, she said every time she went to this place. She would go to the beach sometimes or to go there or to go there. And then my wife also started doing it. And every time she did it, God rock, rocked up. It's because he's, he's not just somebody in a book. He's, he's a person and he loves us to do stuff. I mean, just think how boring it is every time you do the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, I've experienced it where I go and I expect God to now rock up every time I wake up at five o'clock and spend time with him in this way. I mean, God is creative. He wants us to do different things. Sometimes we don't experience Him. And then you think, why did I do wrong? You know, you ask people, you know, did I offend you? Or you, you go on a fast to try and figure out what's going on. But maybe God just wants you to come and find Him in a forest or to go walk or go jog or something or do something different. So be creative in the way that you also yeah. expect God to come and um, speak to you or whatever. So, yeah, God is... Yes. And then also, yeah, LaSalle said, yeah, we, me and my wife started painting also prophetically. So that's really awesome. I've never painted in my life. And it's really awesome. You just get canvas and you put on worship and you start painting and you'll be amazed at the stuff that you can paint. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to quickly hijack the mic here. So one of the, one of the cool things was, like, literally in this last week, it was so hot. So I just climbed on top of our roof and I just lay down under the stars and just experienced God in that way. It was so, so cool. <laughs> I think God can be so, he is creative. He's like the most creative, oh, he made us. So trying to like quantify that is just ridiculous. But um, creative ways of worship. Um, so the best times that I've had with my husband is DIY projects, which is building a chicken coop or making a long table or like building a deck. When you work together with someone in a creative project to build it, you're not just building a thing, you're building something something in a relationship so it's that exact same thing again with God when you build with God he can actually produce something so 
creative things with your spouse or a friend, building something together, whether it's with God in you or you with someone else, that is awesome. Building a garden from nothing is awesome because you spend time and you can actually metaphorically see something grow from what you've sown in. And time with Jesus is not just like a rigid idea. Time with Jesus is in everything. And finding breakthrough in things is not a, a construct that is unreachable for any of us. It's right here. And it's, yeah, so creative. I'm also super creative. Um, so for me, um, flipping a space or being given a space and trying to like uh, make the most come out of a space, I love that. Tetris is my thing. I just, I, I love that kind of thing. So give me a project and, and that's my, again, my time with Jesus. When I was pregnant with, with Levi, um, I was, I still had my business and everything and God said, don't stop being creative because that's when you spend time with me. And that's been my like lifeline is, is that creative, yeah, that creative output. And also my creativity has now gone from making things beautiful to creating like um, play play vibes with my kids. So my creativity has gone from a corporate setting to now like a Neverland setting. So finding God in Neverland every day with my kids is, yeah, how God has found my creative thread. If Renzu can be creative with the Lord, so can all of us. He's just giving me hope. 